Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Night Protection Services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause. That morning happens. And like you said, you have these like vivid memories, but then other things are dull and just kind of not there. And I'm sure your sons have the same type of, you know, memories of those days. But I really want to talk about like that moment of realizing that like you have to kind of not not get over it, but get through it. Like you have to, you have to start preparing yourself to take care of your kids. Like, mm-hmm. cause I, you know, I, and I'm not, I, I don't want this to come off as shaming anybody, but there are people who just completely shut down and they never wake back up. They are just kind of like a zombie going through life and they have young kids and those young kids basically have to fend for themselves. So what do you think was that difference between going into that shell and, and breaking out of that shell. Uh, Because I think that it's very hard. It's very easy to go into that and it's very hard to get out of that. Yeah. So like I was kind of a zombie and a robot for the first, I think I would say like six months because I didn't quite believe it. I didn't like, I, I knew like I saw his body, you know, I saw him in the funeral home, but I still didn't quite believe it. So I kind of went about the business of like getting the kids up for school, you know, getting breakfast done, taking them to school, coming back and working full time. I was working remote. I was working like 200 miles from my office because we were, we were living in the Eastern part of the state. So, so I would work full time and then I'd pick them up from school or they'd walk home, fix dinner, help with homework, go to basketball games go to their baseball games and just, you know, lather, rinse, repeat. I would do that, but I wasn't feeling anything. Like I felt like nothing. I was so numb and it really kind of freaked me out. So for like six months, that that's how our days went, you know, and I didn't really cry that much. And it, it was just like, something's wrong with me. Like what's like, I should be like a puddle on the floor but I just, I don't know, there was just something in me. It's like, these kids have been through hell. I am not going to let them down. Because I, I think without having my kids, I think I would have like stayed in bed and put the covers over my head and shut the curtains and, and you know, Melissa out. Like, yeah. I'm done. But I think, yeah, it was like, I love them so much. I loved them. And, I, and also Dave was like, I, I felt his spirit. I felt his essence in some way, like you know, just like some kind of, like he, I did have his support in this weird way. Yeah. <laughs> I did have a lot of support from family and friends as well, but then I didn't really let a lot of them in either. I mean, I was, like I said earlier, I was like, I'm somebody that just, Hey, I got, I got everything under control business as usual. And that was kind of my MO, but that wasn't really working for me after six months because I like the grief was de- like I was not dealing with the, the grief and so it's like okay I'm gonna deal with you then Melissa like <laughs> like this is this is gonna happen and so then that's kind of when I started to feel like I was kind of breaking down 
because I was just stuffing and shutting everything, just stuffing it down. And so um, at the point where it's like, I can't, it takes too much energy to do this. I just got to, this has got to come out and I got to figure out a way to process this and really understand what happened and how to move forward and how to help my kids move forward. Because if I go down, this whole ship goes down, my kids included, and I am not going to let that happen. So I just, I don't know. I just, I just reached out, which is not something I like to do, but I asked for help. You know, I got a really good grief counselor and she was somebody who like, I would tell her all these crazy thoughts that I had and she would be like, yeah, you're, you're normal. Like, that's not crazy. And I'd be like, really? Okay. So I would like tell her more crazy things or more, you know? And so I got a, I was able to kind of trust her and she kind of held up a mirror for me. Like, Hey, you're, you're doing this in just such a gracious way. And you know, Dave's not here and I don't even know if he would be doing as gracious, you know, as well as you, because I would really get hard on myself. You know, I'd really talk to myself in not a very kind way. And, and uh, she, she helped me kind of see that and just help me like, be a little more compassionate to myself and encourage me to, to be a little kinder to myself. And that's kind of when I discovered you know, self-care. It seems to be like the buzzword these days, but really that's, that was a game changer for me. That was, that changed my life when I gave myself permission to take the utmost care of me first, like putting, choosing myself first, which was not something that I normally did, but I like, I have to fortify myself and booster myself. And because I don't have Dave anymore to do that for me, you know, I have to have my own back. So I just gave my permission to just do whatever felt good, you know, and, and, you know, a safe way because kind of prior to that, I was, I was soothing myself with alcohol. I didn't drink for like six months, those first six months. But then when that, when it was so painful, I just started kind of going that that's kind of my tool, my crutch, whatever. And so I was doing that a little bit too much. And so I I talked to my brother who's in recovery and like, Hey, Hey Mike, this is going on. This is what's going on. This is what I'm doing. I'm really kind of scared. And so he's like, well, let's keep an eye on you. You know, let's, Let's work through this. And so it was nice that he was able to help me understand that I was using that as a, as a not so healthy coping, coping tool. But yeah, that's like self-care. I will shout that from the, from the rooftops. Like the minute I started taking care of myself, everything kind of changed Yeah, for the better. Yeah. And I, I think it, like you've, you made so many key points on it, you know, whatever, your trauma is seeking help is the number one thing, but it's so hard. It's so hard to say I'm failing at whatever it is that I'm doing. And because again, society shames you for being a failure where like, it's not really, it's, it's like failure is like, we should be thriving on failure in in our lives right it should give us the motivation to do things to get better to get up and try again to change you know pivot what we're doing because clearly that road didn't work so let's go down this road and see what happens here and but we're so consumed by this this thought that failure is so bad that we bottle it up like you said you're just pushing it all down because I'm, and you can tell me if I'm way off base here, but I'm sure you were feeling that failure that 
it you couldn't talk about because it was yeah. well if i'm feeling like which is so weird too in one sense because you should feel sad that your husband died right and you should grieve and you should feel this but then you're like but i can't feel anything so i got to push it down because i have to be yeah. strong which yeah. is so backwards to me like no somebody that you loved and cared for died like you should be able to feel these things and yeah. like it's just like a, again these crazy cycles that we have in society that i just don't i can't i don't understand them <laughs> yeah i don't it's and you use the the phrase of like oh you're so strong like i heard that a lot or i heard people refer to me as being strong and I know it was meant as a compliment. I know it was meant like, oh my gosh, look at her. But I was also like, I don't want to be in this position where I have to be strong. Right. I don't want to be here. And so now I felt like the extra pressure of like, oh, I got to be strong. I got to be strong. And right. yeah, I think that's kind of the, one of the worst things. Like people say like, what's the worst thing that somebody ever said to you? And I'm like, honestly, I think people are, are doing their best trying to be kind. But, but, but when they referred to me as being strong, I just... I just, yeah. I couldn't take it. It yeah. was really rough. It's all, yeah, it's all those external pressures that we put on ourselves. And, you know, and, and again, like, yeah, like you said, like getting help. And that's, a, you know, another thing that, you know, love or hate the next generation that's coming up, that this whole go to therapy thing, like literally every single Gen Zer that I know is in therapy. And I think it's the greatest thing ever. Mm. I think everybody needs to be in therapy, whether you think you have, trauma or not because we all have trauma <laughs> yeah every single one of us you cannot you can't sit here and write down your whole story of your life and say that you don't have a single piece of trauma that is affecting the way that you live your life because oh, it yeah. just it, it's there and so that is what another thing that you know is our huge mission is getting people to just accept the idea of therapy so was that something that was really difficult for you to do as well you know after you kind of were like you talk. I, I'm assuming you said you talked to your brother first before any of this happened, right? Before uh, like you went to therapy. I was, and stuff, I was in therapy when this was going on, um, when I was kind of over drinking okay. and trying to do myself. But you know, it also took me a few months to really trust my therapist. Yeah. You know, it's not like I went in guns blazing. Hey, you know, here, here, here's all my right. stuff. You know, because right. this was the first time that I ever engaged in therapy. Yeah. You know, so I hadn't. And like you said, it's like shit, I should have done this, you know, in my teens and 20s and just, but, you know, there's this vulnerability piece. It's like mm -hmm. being vulnerable, yeah. you know, and that was just not for, for whatever reason, probably from my childhood. I don't know, but I just being vulnerable just didn't feel safe, you know? Yep. So speaking my truth or because I was a little people pleaser as a kid. So, so yeah, so I was in my 40s when I really engaged with this and, and it was just really nice to have somebody just kind of help me navigate through this extraordinary experience. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, I didn't know anybody else who was my age that this had happened to. You know, I didn't come across a lot of younger widows. You know, I, I, I do now because I was able to like dig through and find all the resources and all the groups and everything. But at that time, it was like, I feel so alone. Like I am so alone in this, so. Yeah. And, and uh, you make another good point of finding somebody you trust. You know, that's another thing is it, you don't have to like the first therapist you go see. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, it's like, like lawyers too. Like just because you hired a lawyer for something doesn't mean you have to keep them through to the end of your case. If you don't like them, you can get rid of them. No law yeah. states that you have to keep right. this person, you know, like mm -hmm. 
if, if you don't, if you don't like them, if you don't mesh, then you're not going to be able to truly start to heal because you're not going to be vulnerable. You're not going to be expressing the things that they need to know to help you navigate through whatever you're going through in your life. So I think that's a really good point that you made that you, you may go through several, or it may take you months to really trust somebody, you know, and I, I just, I wanted to point that out that I think that's a really good point yeah. that you don't have to go in guns a blazing and saying, here's right. all my trauma, fix me. Yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna me. Happen. I want this done in yeah. 12 sessions. Please. Yeah. I mean, that's, I did kind of go in that way. It's like, how does, like, how does this work? Give me some homework. Um, like what I was like, when is this going to be over? I want to move. I want to move on. And, sh- and she was like, she just kind of looked at me and kind of smiled. She's like, well, this is really not how this works. She said, oh, you're um, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not how you know you know we don't have a, a lesson plan or a, a, gu- a guidebook or whatever so yeah I, I don't know I think she thought it was pretty funny about that. yeah that's <laughs> all good so what was you know kind of this this what was a, a good like turning point what is something that you kind of like remember of like this is it this is where my life changes this is where I'm no longer this zombie. I'm happy. I'm interested in looking for other men. What was that that feeling like and and how long did it take you to get there? Because I know a lot of women are like you said like 12 sessions let's get this done and when it doesn't happen they're like all right, well I'm a, again, I'm a failure so I'm just going to live my shell of a life. So what what yeah. was that kind of like? Well, it really was kind of my low point was when I was over drinking and I talked to my brother and I was kind of at a point where I didn't want to work anymore because I was, you know, juggling, you know, grief, parenting, solo parenting, working a full-time job. And I just wasn't doing well at any of them. So, so I'm like, something's got to give. So at that point I, I left my job. I, and I was like, okay, I'll figure this out. I don't know, but I just, I need to be a parent. I need to be a, a full-time parent to my kids. And so at that point I was like, well, I got to start really taking care of myself. Are you able to hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was like, I need to start taking care of myself and I'm going to do this in kind of just a radical way. I'm just going to be open to whatever gives me goosebumps, whatever, you know, a lot of the stuff, I got a lot of body work done because I feel like the grief was physically like in my body and needed to be moved and released. So I got a lot of body work done. I also really paid attention to what was going on up in my head because I was noticing that that chatter was not super helpful. And and it was running in a loop, you know, without me even knowing it. So I just kind of got to a point where I would notice it and try and change change the thought. And then also I um, just started asking myself questions like, what do I want my life and my kid's life to be? Because it's all on me now. I, I pick the furniture. I, I pick the dishes and the meals that we're going to have. I'm not asking a partner what their opinion is. And I have to make some really tough decisions all by myself. And so I just had to kind of just ask myself, yeah, what, what do I want life to look like? And why do I want it to, to, to look that way? And then what are some steps that I can take to to, to make my vision, you know, come true. And so I just, I did that a lot. I did a lot of physical movement. I, I walked a lot. 
just walked and walked and walked and walked. And I listened to music and I, I just did whatever. I just wanted to feel good, you know? I just wanted to feel good, even if it was just for a few minutes. Like, I took a lot of baths. I mean, it sounds kind of indulgent and stuff. I got mani-pedis, but it, the fact that somebody was touching my body, I got somebody to, um, yeah, I wasn't being touched. So I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? Well, I'll get a massage. Somebody will, I'll get a massage from a man, <laughs> you know, and I'll, so it was just like, I was just like, how do I feel better? How do I feel better? And do it in a safe way. Yeah. And I think yeah. that is just, again, all of this is self-care, which is what mm-hmm. is just so incredibly important. And you said it earlier of, you know, not feeling guilty about the self-care because it's so important. If you can't show up for yourself, you can't show up for anybody else. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, you're really giving back to other people by giving back to yourself. Right. Yeah, because if I'm not at my best, I'm not at my best for my kids. And, and you know, we've had, we had some really crunchy moments. <laughs> like, I was not at my, you know, there was some fine parenting moments. Oh, my gosh. But, um, I like we, yeah. We, I, we I, all I, have those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, but I had to be on. I had to be at my best. I had to be healthy. I had to be, you know, body, mind, and spirit. So I did all the things, body, mind, and spirit. And I I tried not to feel so guilty about it because it took me, took time away from my kids too. Some of the things I did, but I think, you know, I was suffering and my kids were suffering. I'm like, this, this is not how this is going to go down. So. And, you know, if you think about if you, you had a crystal ball that could look into the future, I, I am going to guess that they will love this life that you've built a lot more than had you stayed. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. My, my internet was a little unstable. Sorry, what were you saying? No, that's okay. I was saying, if you took a crystal ball and looked into the future of yourself now and a crystal ball of this self that if you, if you had not done this self-care, if you had not made yourself better to help them, and you probably, I mean, as a, as a mom, you would still give all that you had to them in this other crystal ball, but it, it wouldn't have been what it's like now, even though you took that time to be with yourself to, you know, fix you and maybe, yeah, it took away from some moments of their life in this other crystal ball, you could have taken a lot more from their life without even realizing it, thinking that you're giving them everything that you could possibly give them doesn't necessarily mean that you're giving them what they want. Right. Yeah. If I hadn't, if I hadn't have really chosen myself, I feel like it would, it would be pretty ugly. I think because what they needed was a strong parent. They need, they had one, which was me and they needed me to, to show up and, and, and give their best, give, give, give them my best. And so I'm really glad I did that because, yeah, I think it would have been pretty ugly if I hadn't. Yeah. So what are you doing now with all of this knowledge that you have learned over the past, was it a, since 2011, so 10 years? Yeah, um, just just hit the 10-year mark last week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. what are you doing with all of this knowledge? Because I know you're doing some great things. Yes. Well, I, I did remarry. I found this this wonderful man named Sean and we we have this great life together and we live on the Oregon coast. 
But a few years ago, I decided to write down my story because I would tell people like just a little bit about my life and they'd be like, oh my God, you should write a book. And I'm like, well, maybe I should. So I ended up writing a book three years ago and publishing that, which led me to, I don't know, I just always feel like I need to take this experience and what really helped me to move through this and, and, and really have a life that I thrive in and I feel joy in. And I really feel like I want to share that with, with other widows to, to help them. So I created a, it's a free widow self-care support guide and it, it's, it's on my website, but it just has everything that kind of I, I did and all the resources that I tapped into that really helped me. And just, I don't know, just, it's such a sad and overwhelming and lonely time. And so if I can, if I can do something to make somebody's life easier, I want to do it. So I created that, which then in, in turn led me to creating a monthly subscription box for widows to support them in their self-care. So um, that will be launching um, early this year, in 2021. And it's just, these are products that helped me and they're curated by me to nurture and just soothe a widow's soul. Just take some time out. Like, Really, it was just like giving permission to just take some time out because you can't think clearly. If you're in this heightened state of stress and and you, you can't have any clarity. And so really that's what helped me is just taking that time out, giving myself permission. And so that's that's basically this box. I'm it's gonna land on on a widow's door and give her permission to just take some time out for herself, soothe herself, nurture herself so that she can show up. And maybe kind of start having these little glimmers of hope where she's thinking, well, you know, I feel really shitty right now. You know, I feel horrible right now, but maybe there's a little hope for the future. Maybe I can maybe start tapping into trying to figure out what my dreams are, my new dreams, you know, my new life. What does that look like? And, and why do I want that? And what am I going to do to, to get that? Because, you know, it is, it's your birthright. To, to feel joy. That's everybody's birthright. They get to have that. So, you know, mm-hmm. I just, I, that's, that's my gift. I want to take this experience and kind of it's like Dave's legacy. I'm like the holder of his, of his legacy. And I want to, and he was that guy. He was that guy who helped everybody. I want to be that person too. Yeah, that is amazing. And I, you know, that's one of the reasons we started this podcast was, you know, not only to give survivors of domestic violence or trauma or anything, a platform to speak their truth, but it also helps one in their healing process, but it could be a life changer in somebody else's healing process. Mm-hmm. You know, it. we are not taught the skills to cope with anything in life. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can memorize the Pythagorean theorem, but how do I deal with my parents getting divorced? How do I deal with my boyfriend cheating on me? How do I deal with, you know, waking up and my husband's dead? How do I deal with that stuff? No, we have no skills to deal with that. And so I think it is amazing that we are, you know, giving that, that resource to somebody who needs it, who just wants to deal with, what's going on and move through it and make it a part of their life, but in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's no moving on from grief. Right. Like this will always be with me, but there's moving forward. Yeah. And and maybe moving forward with a little more grace and ease than than I did, you know. So I'm just taking everything that I learned, everything that I know, I put it into the guide and I'm putting it into my monthly subscription box. So yeah, it's thank you for I love what you're doing. I mean, I you've got great that. guests and and the fact that you're having me on here, I just really appreciate it. I appreciate that so much. So closing out, we have questions that we ask every guest that comes on the show. And the first one is, what are your goals for the next 12 months and what are you working on right now? So uh, goals are, so I I live on the Oregon coast, but I want to live here permanently. Right now we're kind of in a uh, temporary situation. So that's a huge goal is to, this is going to be our permanent home. And then also the next 12 months building my subscription box business, because I want it to reach everybody, every woman that needs this. I just have this vision of just these boxes just shooting out and they are landing on the doorsteps of, of the women who really, really need to be nurtured and soothed and just supported. I love that so much. The next one is what would the new you say to the old you? Oh, I just, I kind of tell this to everybody, but just please take care of yourself and not just one of those, hey, take care of yourself. No, really take care of yourself and do it sooner than later. I came in, I came into the game late. I think I would have started doing this in my 20s and 30s. It might have made more of an impact. But yeah, just always just take care of yourself. Choose yourself. I love it. What is something that you recommend to anybody that is going through a tough time? I know that we've talked about self-care is a huge one, but just something uh, more specific, I guess. Ooh, asking for help. That's a tough one because you're being vulnerable at that moment. You're just saying, hey, I don't, I don't got this. I don't have this. I need some help. And so just, just reaching out for that support and, and knowing that it's going to come to you. And also, if, if when you reach out and it's not the answer that you want or you don't feel comfortable, try something else. Just like we were talking about, like if, if your first, if you want to go to therapy and your first therapist, therapist, it doesn't feel like a good fit, it's okay to, to try another one. Because um, this is you. This is your life. This is not about them. This is about, this is about you. So yeah. Yeah. I love it. That would be my advice. Awesome. And then what is a book, podcast, ebook, uh, quote, anything that has helped you through a tough time in your life? I would say, I, I'm, I'm going to say like not, not a book or a podcast, but there's an organization for widows that just blew my mind and changed everything for me. And it's called Soaring Spirits Loss Foundation. And they have tons of resources. They have a, a, a camp, a widow camp that I went to, Camp Widow. So I was able to like find my tribe. And so, yeah, that was, I don't know if you have show notes, but that would be a great place to put it because yeah. it, it was really a game changer for me. It, it really changed my life to, to know that I was not alone. Awesome. I love it. And then finally, where can people find you, learn more about you and get in touch with you if, if needed? Oh, so my website is www.filledwithgold.org. And I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. 
Facebook is filled with gold and then Instagram is filled underscore with underscore gold because somebody else has the filled with gold. So, but yeah, yes. Uh, what are we going to do? Right. But yes, that's where you can reach me. And you can download the, the free um, self-care support guide from my website. Awesome. Yeah. If, if this is something that you're going through, I highly recommend downloading that uh, free gift that Melissa is offering to you guys. And, you know, even if maybe it's not something that you're going through, it might help you get through another form of trauma. So it doesn't have to just be dealing with a loved one that's passed. So highly recommend checking that out. But Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. I have enjoyed every minute of our conversation and I am so glad that you were able to share your experience and knowledge with our audience today. Mm, thanks. Me too, Heather. I, I appreciate you having me on. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O thriving ATL, or online at 2thriving.org.